It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast. Your host, Kevin Parker, your co-host, Scott Martin, here on a post-Super Bowl Monday episode of the show. As you guys know, you've been listening. Uh, We're going the whole offseason with Michigan State football content. And today we are talking uh, about resetting the roster on the defensive side of the ball. Last week we did the offense. If you haven't listened, make sure you go back and do so. We're basically going through and looking at the transfer portal, looking at recruiting and resetting each position group and saying, all right, who's going out? Did they graduate? Did they you know, move on to the NFL? Who's coming in through the portal or recruiting? Uh, last week, we had some technical difficulties. We have a new streaming platform that we're using that will hopefully avoid, knock on wood, any of these problems in the future. So uh, barring any like internet shutdowns, which we just had a, a couple minutes ago, uh, hopefully those problems are eliminated, but uh, you know it's technology, so we'll find out. Anyways, we got some news to get to. Before we do, Scott, like I said, it is post Super Bowl Monday. So, how was your Super Bowl evening? What did you do? What was the plan? Did you have a party? What was the food? What was the drink? And how was your Super Bowl experience? So. First of all, Matt Stafford's a Super Bowl champion, which is awesome. If you don't think Detroit fans are allowed to be excited about that, then get lost. Um, my Super Bowl plan, I we were actually coming. We flew back from Michigan um, back to the East Coast, middle of the day yesterday, and got in, wanted to keep it low-key since we were just getting back from some travel. Uh, we were going to do some sushi, just watch the game, keep it low-key. Aubrey was feeling a little bit under the weather. So we order some sushi, like 6, 6.15, you know, right before kickoff. Figure it could get in middle of the first half. Um, we wait two hours. Don't hear a thing. And I call them. Their phone's shut down. So I go down there to the restaurant. Black on the inside. Chairs are folded up. Or chairs are stacked up on the tables. <laughs> so now it's like halftime of the Super Bowl. Everybody's hangry. There's no food around because we were just traveling. So the fridge is empty. So that threw a wrench in things. Um, definitely didn't go according to plan. But other than that, we rallied. We, we sorted some things out. And uh, I was excited. I wanted to see the Rams win. It was a great game. Pretty much every game in the NFL playoffs was a great game, which you cannot always It really say. was, man. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, no from complaints. the division round from the division round on, I mean, every game came down to the wire. Every game was exciting. 
I, I'm sure I speak for a lot of people out there and saying, you know, like my, my girlfriend who I'm watching a lot of these games with isn't like die hard watching every week of the NFL football fan, but she was engaged in these games. They were fun. They were going down to the wire. Um, I, I also had some Super Bowl issues yesterday, like half of the, uh, the planned Super Bowl party ended up getting COVID. So that plan was scratched we ended up just staying at home we ordered up some fried chicken we had some chips and salsa i had some bourbon it was a good night and um i was on the bengals uh i i wanted the bengals to win just for a fun story but i am happy stafford gets a super bowl it was pretty cool to see aaron donald getting a super bowl i thought that dude is as a Lions fan, again, like, you know, hey, we could have drafted him, but he's he's the best. He might be the best defender that I have ever seen in football. So to watch that dude, you know, just take over a game late, that was pretty cool just as a football fan in general. And it was a good night. So, you know, like you said, the NFL playoffs in general were awesome. The Super Bowl was awesome. It went down to the wire again. And uh, yeah, the football football is over. Football is finished for the next, what, a little less than seven months now until uh, until college football week zero kicks off in like six and a half months. So I, I know there's like the USFL or whatever weird spring football they're trying to start up again this year. I don't know why they keep trying to do these things. Clearly, none of them have ever worked. And for some reason, these leaks keep popping up and these investors keep pouring money into these spring football games that nobody watches but for all intents and purposes we are now without football for a long long time so the doldrums of the offseason are here but the michigan state football content isn't going anywhere i can promise you that and you know we're football fans but we're sports fans too and so if you are still watching uh any sports college basketball nba nhl uh, DraftKings is the place to do it. If you are in Michigan, if you're in New York, if you are in any state that uh, legalized gambling is available, DraftKings is the place to be. And, you know, football season's over. So we're going to turn our attention here with our promo code to the NBA. They are also an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good offer from DraftKings. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If the sports book isn't available in your state yet, you can take a shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy basketball contests. They're giving away new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN for the Pigskin Podcast Network of which we are a proud member. Promo code hasn't changed. Bet just $1 on any NBA team to win. Get $100, $150, excuse me, in free bets if they win. Promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older, minimum age, and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Void where prohibited, minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line, 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777. 
or visit ccpg.org chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. As always, you know, as we get into March Madness is coming around the corner here. Bet responsibly. Uh, I I ended up a loser last night because I did have the Bengals, but uh, they they covered the spread, but they didn't get me the money line pick. Um, I ended up losing a twenty bucks or something, all said and done, uh, with all the props and everything included. So only bet what you feel comfortable losing, as always. But Scott, uh, we are going to get into our Michigan State stuff here. We got a, a little bit of news throughout the program, and then we have. Uh, our, our roster reset on the defensive side. So I want to start with something real quick here that we missed. Uh, it's it's a little bit dated now, but again, when we're only going once a week, you know, we got to kind of catch up here. So we got another commitment to the 2023 class, and it is, it is an important one because it's a quarterback. And as we know, uh, the quarterback commitments are always big. This was Bo Edmondson, three-star quarterback out of Texas, Lake Travis High School in Austin, a big-time football program down there. Um, Scott, did you get a chance to check this kid out? Uh, what are your thoughts on the new quarterback coming into town? Bo, he, uh, yeah, I got a chance to look at some of his tape. Uh, really impressive, I think, for being a three-star. I, I don't want to call him overlooked. I mean, he got Power 5 offers, but certainly not one of the top quarterbacks in the class. He was rated 22nd QB. Uh, on the 247 sports composite. But when you look at his tape, this dude can make a whole lot of throws. Definitely a pocket passer. We were looking at his stats. I think he had like negative 13 rushing yards on the season. Uh, so definitely likes to sit in the pocket and find these guys downfield. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he can make a lot of throws. He can make throws under duress off of poor platforms on the move. Uh, he can hit multiple levels on the field. He can hit corners on um, Obviously, it obviously we will have to see how much translates to his college game and college defenses are a whole lot harder to throw against than high school defenses, but uh, really impressive. And yeah, I think he's a great addition to to add competition to that group. When he first committed, I think our, our thought was like, oh, OK, you know, good backup candidate maybe keep him around two three years and, and see what happens but as you look at his tape he's I think he's a little more competitive than that I don't think I was giving him enough credit for his skill set and I think uh given the right kind of windows of opportunity depending on how the rest of the roster kind of plays out over the next couple of years I think he'll be in the mix when that next QB battle um kind of surfaces yeah, you look at his tape. He's got some throws where he's he's making a throw under pressure. He's making a throw on his second or third read. He looks pretty developed as far as like a quarterback prospect uh, at this young age. He's sneaking into the backside of the top twenty-five uh, quarterbacks in the twenty-four-seven composite. So, like you said, you could say he's a little bit kind of overlooked or underrated. And you know, the one thing I I kind of look at is is who is offering and especially at certain positions. And as a quarterback out of the state of Texas, getting an offer from an SMU that has a history developing quarterbacks uh, from West Virginia, from Purdue, uh, from Oklahoma State, a, a school that has a, a long history of developing um, high-profile college quarterbacks. Penn State also threw an offer out there, Houston. Um, so, you know, it's kind of okay. How many how many offers does he have? Is he a three or four star? But also, who's offering him? 
I remember talking about it with uh, one of the tight end commitments that we got that he was getting offered by Iowa and Wisconsin. And, and it's like, you, you kind of keep an eye on that. And, and when you're looking at certain is a running back getting recruited by Georgia, you know, then, you know, he's the real deal. So uh, I thought some of the schools that were after him as a quarterback were pretty insightful as well. So yeah, we'll see if he can make some noise here down the line, but it's a really good addition uh, with bringing in Caton Hauser in this 2022 class and now Bo Edmondson in the 2023 class. And uh, obviously all Spartan eyes in the recruiting world are still set on Dante Moore, the, the top quarterback in 2023. I don't think that this commitment of Bo Edmondson is as excited as we are about it. I don't think that will hinder us from still going after Dante Moore. But uh, yeah, we'll see You know what will what we'll shake up here in the next, uh, what, calendar year basically until all of that's sorted out but uh, i like the prospect for sure i'll swear in the program parks gissinger tight end entered the transfer portal he is on his way out of east lansing uh, a pretty crowded tight end room over the next couple years uh, as we have mentioned especially with malik carr somebody that you know we we really like the ceiling of and him still having three years of eligibility and then you bring in daniel barker for this year Tyler Hunt sticking around for another year. So Parks Gissinger heading out. Any notable storyline there? No, it's not too surprising. Like you said, it's a busy room, and there's only so many snaps for tight ends over the course of a season. And um, he, yeah, struggled to break out, I think. I don't know how many snaps he had on the year, but he certainly uh, was one of the quieter names from that group already. Uh, And we bring in a couple of pretty impressive freshmen to compete as well. So, not a lot of snaps and a lot of talent to, to fight for him. Um, not too surprising, but as always, we'll be rooting for him wherever he lands. And last program news that this is pretty cool. Uh, so as part of the NIL stuff, we were all wondering, well, what does this really mean? How How is this going to be incorporated into you know college football programs? And I remember one thing that when this was all kind of starting to shake out a year ago, And I remember that, you know, a lot of it was that, okay, these guys can get paid on their own likeness, but it can't really be affiliated directly with the university, right? So somebody could go out and print their own, you know, Darius Snow could print his own green and white Darius Snow t-shirts, but he couldn't use the Spartan logo or he couldn't use, you know, Gruff Sparty or whatever. Uh, Michigan State football has announced that customized jerseys official michigan state nike jerseys will be available at the team shop at shop.msuspartans.com and so you can get your number three xavier henderson jersey you can get your number one Jaden reed jersey uh, official nike licensed with the official spartan logo with michigan state across the chest with the you know michigan state numbers and everything which is pretty cool. Uh, and, and the coolest part about it is the players are going to get a cut of every jersey that, that is sold in their name. So every Xavier Henderson number three you see in the stands, Xavier Henderson's getting a cut of that. Now, I don't know what that cut is, but um, it, it is pretty cool nonetheless. So, Scott, my question to you is uh, if I gave you kind of a blank check and just said, all right, you can uh, – for the 2022 roster, you can go out. Uh, I'll pay for a, a free jersey for you, customized Nike Michigan State jersey. Is is there anybody that sticks out as one that you would like to own? Hmm. 
I mean, Peyton Thorne comes to mind, right? The quarterbacks are always a popular jersey. Um, I might go with the water boy, though. Cal Halliday. Uh, yeah. He's got a lot of time left, right? The worst is when you buy a jersey and he's gone like the next year. Uh, in college, it's a little different because you, you still kind of maintain that legacy. But I have this curse of buying NFL jerseys and the, the player I'm right there with you. that year. I have a Kenny Galladay Lions jersey. I have a Le'Veon Bell Jets jersey. Um, yeah, just a brutal streak. I bought, so this was, uh, right. Basically the, the season right before Kenny Galladay left, I, it was, I don't remember if it was my brother's birthday or Christmas. He's got a pretty sweet setup in his, in his office with a lot of signed Red Wings, especially stuff. He's a hockey guy. Um, and I figured he needed a Lions jersey in there. So I got an autographed Kenny Galladay Lions jersey, like the <laughs> like three months before he left, it's like God damn. <laughs> so I'm with you. Got I got some a, bad uh, luck on that too. I also got a Kelvin Johnson jersey the year he retired. So uh, the, during the, <laughs> during his last season, so I I may have I may be the curse for Lions wide receivers. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think I think if my... you gave me, I would hop in. I would hop in early on Jack Stone. You know, I'm I'm getting in nice. on the kicker. You've got a stone. He's probably going to have a low-digit number as a kicker. It's like stone number four or something. Uh, I think that would be a good-looking jersey, and I'm always here to support the kickers. If I can get a, a kicker, a cut of some NIL money, um, then then my job is done. Now we just need the NCAA football game back. I don't play a whole lot of uh, Xbox these days, but I was hanging out with um, my future cousin-in-law. I guess he's 13, and... He, he was talking about how he wants the NCAA video games back because they're so much fun to play. And I was thinking like, all right, if you're 13 and the last yeah. NCAA football game was what? 2014 was seven years, eight 2014. Years ago. Yeah. And I guess it would have been released. Yeah. Eight years ago. So he was like five, this poor kid was five years old when the last NCAA football game was released. He's desperate for it. Give the kids what they want. Yep. At least we had the games all the way through high school. So th- that was pretty cool for us. Yeah, I've already warned my girlfriend. If if the NCAA, As soon as the NCAA video game gets re-released, I am, I'm like taking a week off of work. I am MIA. I am going so deep into a Michigan State dynasty mode that... You know, I I don't know if I'm going to have like human contact for a week. I, I loved, I'm not a huge gamer, but man, you could get sucked into eight hours on that game so quickly. Easily. So, all right. Uh, that's, that's about the rest of the news here. So let's get to our reset. Like we said, uh, we did the offense last week. If you, if you missed it, go and check it out. But we're basically just kind of going through each position group. We're not going full deep dive. We're saving those for the spring. In the spring, we're going to have a whole episode dedicated to each individual position group, depth charts, and everything like that. So we're kind of going quick hitter a little bit, just giving you a, a general outline, who's going out, who's coming in, and one kind of main storyline to follow here through the offseason for each of these groups. So we're starting on the defensive line, and obviously you know, we can't mention this without uh, the important side of the coaching, right? Ron Burton's out. And uh, Braden Jordan, pass, pass rushing specialist, is in. Marco Coleman, defensive line coach from Georgia Tech, is in. So we have a whole new coaching staff coaching this group. Uh, but I want to start with the defensive tackles, a group that we were just talking about right before we signed on. 
And this is a deep group, man. So outgoing, the only guy is Kyle King, who was kind of a rotational guy, hadn't really played a whole lot. Uh, he entered the transfer portal. Incoming is, you know, the highest rated recruit of the 2022 class for Michigan State, Alex Van Sumeren, local kid. Obviously, his brother Ben is on the linebacking group here. And then still on the roster with multiple years of eligibility, you have Jacob Slade, who was an all-Big Ten player last year. You have Simeon Barrow, who was awesome last year. Deshaun Mallory, Jalen Hunt, Maverick Hansen, Derek Harmon, who showed flashes last year. This is a deep, deep position group. And, you know, as a defensive tackle, you it's a group that you would like to have some depth, right? These are big guys who you would like to be able to rotate in and out. The conditioning is always... Uh, a question with guys who are 310, 320 pounds. But it, I mean, is this the deepest, best group on the roster? I, I think you could easily argue that. Yeah, I think you've got wide receivers in the mix. Um, certainly on the defensive side, though, it'd be hard to make an argument. Uh, we'll get to a couple other groups that have some depth. But when you look at talented depth and just the amount of guys who our starting caliber, I mean, Jacob Slade, Simeon Barrow, Deshaun Mallory, and Jalen Hunt have all started significant amounts um, in their careers so far. And going into this year, you know, when we did this, or, or I suppose it may have been the depth chart preview later in the offseason, last offseason, you know, we were looking at Deshaun Mallory and Jalen Hunt fawning over the fact that we should have one of the best defensive tackle duos in the Big Ten. And then Jacob Slade and Simeon Barrow started the entire year. And realistically, both could have been all Big Ten. Jacob Slade was. Simeon Barrow, I think, probably just didn't have the name recognition this year. But if you look at his season, probably had an argument, at least for an honorable mention as well. So um, all of them come back. Maverick Hansen, we were looking at snap counts before we started here. Surprisingly, had almost 400 snaps, I think, last season. Uh, Derek Harmon had like 40, but a guy that the the coaching staff's excited about. And you mentioned Alex Van Sumeren with all that freshman talent and really no pressure to develop quickly. So, you know, he can just focus on his thing, get his game going and, and um, we'll see what, if he can bubble up to the surface and, and find his way to the field this fall. But um, yeah, I think this is exciting. You want to own the trenches obviously. And it starts with these big D tackles and uh, with the, uh, shaky defense last year i think you can look at the run stoppers as as a group that did a really good job the entire season last season and i think that's something we should be able to expect again coming into this season yeah and looking at a starting group of i'll, I'll pencil them in for now of barrow and slade as they started the majority of the games last year and were dominant at times two guys who already disruptive pass rushers already you know penetrating guys and then you bring in a pass rushing specialist in uh in Brandon Jordan that could be pretty spicy right Jacob Slade according to PFF last year led the Big 10 in interior defensive lineman pressures he had 40 quarterback pressures according to PFF which was the 10th most in all of college football I, he had some games last year. Remember, we talked about, I gave him a game ball. I think we we might have both given him a game ball against Nebraska. He had five solo tackles as a defensive tackle, three assisted tackles, a couple tackles for loss, a sack. He had those games pop up all throughout the season where he was just causing problems snap after snap. And and playing, where was it here, like 
650 snaps. So the conditioning for a guy that's 315 pounds, this guy is so impressive to me. I'm really happy to have him back for another, at least one year. And like you said, man, I, you talk about the, the talent of Mallory and hunt that we thought these guys could be upper echelon, big 10 players. Like, to have those be our our third and fourth or fourth and fifth even rotational defensive linemen that you know when you're just kind of giving your starters a breather and then you throw Jalen Hunt in there as the offensive line continues to wear down this defensive tackle group is just going to keep causing problems as long as they can stay together and you know we're not losing a bunch of guys to the portal or something as the offseason goes on this position group, I, I think, it, it, again, you could make an easy argument that it's the deepest group on the roster. It's got the high-end talent as well. I think, you know, in individually in a vacuum, it, I think there are four guys on this group that could be potential all Big Ten players if they got starter reps. So I, I really like this group. Now, the question is going to be who's coming on the outside. I, I love the talent. I love the depth on the inside. The ends... You're losing your top three guys. You're losing Drew Beasley. You're losing Jacob Panashuk. You're losing Drew Jordan from last year. Also outgoing and through the portal was uh, a couple young players, Tyson Watson, friend of the program, Alex Aquilo, and Jack Camper. So that total six guys leaving the defensive end group this offseason. Incoming, you have three recruits, three three-star guys, James Schott, Zion Young, and Chase Carter. And then the crown jewel of this group incoming is transfer Chris Bogle from Florida, former top 100 recruit, uh, played quite a bit at Florida, but was never, you know, the dominant pass rusher that I think a lot of people say his ceiling can be. So we'll see what he can do with an offseason of work under this, you know, coaching staff and Brandon Jordan and Marco Coleman. Uh, but Still on the roster, you're looking at Jeff Petrovsky, who played quite a lot last year and, and was pretty impressive. You're looking at Brandon Wright, who came on strong in the Peach Bowl with a couple of sacks. Uh, Tank Brown, who we didn't see a lot of last year, but there, you know, he's got a lot of talent and he had some hype coming into last offseason. Michael Fletcher, who we talk about it time and time again. He has the body, he has the frame, he just needs to, you know, refine his uh technique and, and talent. And then down the bottom of the depth chart, you're looking at Avery Dunn, Zach Slade, and then these incoming freshmen. So uh, is there a level of worry with the defensive ends? Like where's your head at as, as far as like a confidence level of being able to get to the quarterback, being able to stop the run? Because you know, we've seen Jacob Panishuk anchor one of those spots for four years now. He's been a starting defensive end. Drew Beasley has been a mainstay in the program. So it's we're going to see some fresh faces. Yeah, there's certainly a level of worry uh, for me. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried about this group. I mean, you're just losing so much experience, let alone the talent uh, between those three guys at the top that are on their way out. And, and in a position like defensive end, you can't really rely on any freshman to, to make a splash. Certainly it's possible, but it's not something you see typically um, at a physical position like defensive end where you're going up against the biggest guys on the other team at those tackle positions um and yeah i mean chris bogle kind of like michael fletcher looks like he has the physical assets to to be a really impressive 
pass rusher and defensive end, um, but just haven't really seen it come together for either of those guys yet. So it's always scary relying on potential. It's great to have potential, but it's scary to rely on it if it's unproven. Jeff Petrovsky certainly has shown far more than anybody expected uh, out of him, but from a physical perspective, seems like he's probably got a bit of a ceiling. I mean, he's only what six foot two, um, mid two hundreds, I think. And then you've got a couple it's specialist six one guys. two fifty on the roster. Then you got Brandon Wright, who's a speed rusher, kind of a third down guy. Tank Brown again, kind of relying on potential. I'll be interested to see if we rely more on linebackers to generate pressure off of the edge. We'll get to the linebackers in a minute, but yeah, just looking at these these ends that we have on the defensive side, it's shaky and we're going to need to see a lot. You look at, you know, obviously the addition of Brandon Jordan as a pass rush specialist. We were talking about Chris Kapilovich last week and the fact that he's going to have to earn his paycheck this off season. Well, Brandon Jordan, welcome to East Lansing. You've got a lot of work to do. Um, not to say he's not up for the task, but he is going to have to develop the hell out of these guys this off season, because right now I'm absolutely concerned uh, about this group yeah the you pencil in chris bogle and jeff petrovsky as starters those guys have a combined like 12 sacks in their career so you're you're really kind of looking at upside there and hopefully they can figure that out but it, it is a group that worries me quite a bit uh, i won't lie about that linebackers you have uh three guys outgoing i almost forgot to update maanauteote is coming back so you have Noah Harvey is graduating out. Uh, Cole DeMarzo is heading out through the portal, as is Chase Klein. And incoming, you got two transfers and a recruit. So incoming, you're looking at Quavian Carter, who was uh, a three-star recruit. He was playing a lot of safety uh, at, at down in Georgia. And he's going to be playing linebacker at Michigan State. And then you're bringing in Jacoby Windman from UNLV, a guy with uh, last year 119 tackles, 11 and a half tackles for loss, six and a half sacks. He's got 11 and a half sacks in his career. So you talk about you know potentially being able to bring some pressure from the linebackers. Jacoby Windman is is certainly a guy that can do that. And then the other linebacker through the portal we're bringing in Aaron Brule out of Mississippi State, uh, a really productive player. I had his stats pulled up here. There we go. Uh, 139 career tackles, 17 and a half tackles for loss, eight sacks in his career. So another guy, you know, when you're looking at productive blitzing linebackers, Aaron Blake kind of fits that mold as well. So you got two, you know, starting quality transfers coming in. You've got a recruit coming in and nobody from last year's roster has, has really left besides Harvey. That's, you know, a, a super impactful guy. So where does your head go when you're thinking about these linebackers? Well, it's a busy group. Um, similar to the defensive tackles, you've got quite a few guys here who should be able to contribute. Uh, I do think the the general average talent level is a little bit lower for this group. Um, but in Cal Halliday, you've got a guy you know you can you can put out there and rely on. Day one uh, should be competing potentially for an All Big Ten spot this season. Uh, and the the transfers, I mean, Jacoby Winman, as far as relying on potential this dude is is far more proven than a guy like chris bogle uh when you look at his tape at unlv you know you get there's kind of different as we get going with these transfers there's kind of different classes of transfers right you've got like guys from michigan state or from a power five who maybe 
didn't make the cut and are moving down to like say the max, something like that. You've got uh, guys who are at another power five, like a Chris Bogle, who maybe for one reason or another, it just didn't pan out, but they're looking for another power five home and, and they still have some potential. They think they can prove out. And then you've got guys like Jacoby Winman who go to maybe a group of five school, a lower, lower tier school and, and just blow the doors off uh, in terms of talent, in terms of film. And Jacoby Winman's one of those guys Personally, I think his game's going to translate. I think he he has that ability to marry his talent and his physical ability with just a really impressive drive that jumps off the film. Uh, you watch him play, and he just seems to have one or two gears beyond what the other guys on the field have, and uh, and it, it it leads to some really impressive plays. So personally, I think those are probably our top two. But then you look down the line, like you said, Quaveris Crouch, I mean, he was more than serviceable this year. Sure, he had some shaky spots, but cert- still a guy that I'd be confident to roll out there as a starter and, and feel like he's going to hold his own. And then the rest of the guys that you mentioned, Brule, Nauteote, Van Summeren, Quavian Carter, um, all I think have the ability to at least find a niche, if not carve out an even bigger role than kind of a gadget player. And I think this group's going to be far more well-rounded and deeper than it was last season. Um, and when you have just the two in a typical, you know, four, two, five set, I think we're in good shape at linebacker last off season. We were certainly worried about this group this off season. I'm feeling a lot more confident. Yeah. And it, I, I've been thinking about this too. Like it, it does allow us to be a lot more flexible in our alignments. You know, I, I do think that, the four-two-five is here to stay. That is going to be our base defense, right? But when you're going against a Wisconsin like we are this year, you can bring in a little bit bigger of a group. You can go to a three-four because you have four linebackers who are all starting quality guys. Like you, you could put a couple guys down. You know, put Slade and Barrow and Bogle on the defensive line, and then put. Halliday, Winman, Crouch, and Brule as four linebackers out there and and give a big seven man front that a team like Wisconsin, you know, you're 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 not required to put another defensive back out there. And you can kind of be a little bit more flexible in your game planning. And I know colleges you you don't have as much time to bring in these sets and stuff as you do in the NFL. So, you know, you're you're a little bit more limited just from time in terms of how many different defenses you can install. But I I I would be surprised if we didn't see any kind of three four alignment or or even like a two four five alignment at times because yeah you've you've got four guys with a lot of starting experience who are all productive players. And then you know again like you said behind them a guy like Nauteote who has you know the potential and and you want to try to get him on the field you know he's already entered the portal once you kind of want to keep guys like that happy and and uh you know prove to him that hey we're we're going to give you all the chances you want so really exciting group there with the linebackers um, that's going to be one of the most fascinating position groups to to follow through the offseason now we get to the the defensive backs and we'll start with corners here Basically, everybody that played significant snaps down the stretch for us is is back. Kalen Gervin entered the portal early last year, I think after week three or week four. 
He's heading to Kansas. And then Emmanuel Flowers and Spencer Rowland are the only other outgoing players from the cornerback group. Incoming, you have two recruits in Caleb Coley and Aid Willie, both, uh, I think, really good prospects from what I've seen on their tape. And then the the big guy is the incoming transfer. Again, you kind of just mentioned he's he might fit into that group of, you know, power five to another power five with a lot of potential. Amir Speed, the transfer from Georgia. So with Ronald Williams, Marquis Lowry, Chuck Brantley, Chaz Kimbrough, Kendall Brooks, Justin White, all getting significant snaps last year. Kendall Brooks, not as much as those other guys, but um, all getting snaps last year. And then Amir Speed coming in. I, I know the cornerback group dealt with their fair share of uh, of problems last year with the, the passing games really being able to light up this defensive backfield at times. But uh you know, are are you confident with this cornerback group going into next year? Because this is a pretty uh, controversial topic, I think, in this offseason for Michigan State fans. <laughs> yeah, they. I feel like our floor at corner should be higher. Uh, you've got a guy like Chuck Brantley and, and a guy like Marquis Lowry, who both showed more than flashes last season. I mean, both had great games at times. Um, you've got Ronald Williams, who's kind of a steadying force. Um, he's not you know, an all American by any stretch, but, but he is a guy you can roll out there and uh, probably was our top corner most of the season last year, especially from a physical perspective. And you bring in a guy like Amir speed who, I mean, he's coming from the best defense in the country, if nothing else. Um, And he's been training with Georgia for three or four years now. Um, You know, he's going to be well coached and you've got some, Again, kind of gadget guys, Justin White, who didn't play too much in coverage, but certainly special teams and and kind of that slot pass rusher that we saw this season. Um, this group is it should have a higher floor. Like I said, I'm excited to see everybody healthy again, Chuck Brantley especially. Um, but what you want to see this year is you want to see some of these guys really become dudes. You know, I mean, Michigan State, especially under Harlan Barnett back in the day, you'd have these guys coming up who, you know, maybe they'd have a season. You're like, all right, he's coming along. A guy like Trey Waynes comes to mind. And then the next season just blows the doors off, you know, immediately throws himself into the mix at the top of the draft board at his position. And who's that going to be? You know, we had guys last year, like I said, Ronald Williams, who's a good corner. Um, but who is going to really take the reins on this position and say, I, I want to go to the league. I don't want to just like, figure out how to make Michigan state a better secondary. I want to figure out how to become one of the best corners in the, in the big 10 in the country. Um, and who's that going to be? And, and can, do we still have the ability to develop those guys under Harlan Barnett? And can we find uh, that talent again and, and really develop it? So two, three guys on the field at a time, there's plenty of snaps to go around. I think we saw some really exciting things out of Marky Lowry, out of Chuck Brantley, um, Amir Speed obviously has some exciting. I mean, he's six three and he runs. What is it like a four four, four three four four speed? Yeah, so, the the reports are that he's he's got that kind of speed. Yeah. So there's there's a lot the, of again potential, but who is going to really take hold of that potential and become a very competitive Big Ten corner? Yeah, one thing I really like at the corner group, and and then we'll move on is. As I kind of look at this again, I've I've 
put together kind of a whole spreadsheet of all the incoming, outgoing, how many years of eligibility these guys have left. And one thing that stands out with the corners is you have two guys in Ronald Williams and Amir Speed, each with one more year of eligibility, both with a lot of, you know, just time in college and both with a lot of time in big programs, Alabama and Georgia. These are guys who know what it's like to win championships. They know what it requires in the weight room, in the film room, on the practice field. And then you have, you know, this group of young, talented, exciting players in Chuck Brantley, Marquis Lowry. You're bringing in these freshmen, Caleb Coley and Aid Willie. I, I really like that blend of two guys up at the top of the depth chart who have a lot of experience in a championship setting, who know exactly what it takes to get there. And then you have this group of young guys who can kind of, you know, while being in the mix for playing time, they can follow the lead of Ronald Williams in the film room. They can follow the lead lead of Amir Speed in the weight room and in watching how they train, how they work their body, how they, you know, commit their time to football and how they, you know, just that kind of learning experience and and people talk about like one nice thing about the transfer portal for a new staff is you're not just taking a wild shot at a high school kid who you have no idea how they'll transfer transition to to college you know with with the portal you can bring in guys who you, you know that they know how to behave they know how to prepare they know how to uh train and and all this stuff so ron williams amir speed coming from championship programs being able to teach these younger guys the ropes as they all compete for playing time, uh, I think is really exciting. And, and I like that kind of aspect of this group moving forward. The safeties, another, you know, kind of jam packed room here. Outgoing CJ Hayes, who didn't really get a, a lot of looks at safety. He knew he was a converted wide receiver. Michael Dowell, who was outgoing, and then Michael Gravely, a young player. Who uh, who hadn't really gotten his shot yet, but Michael Dowell, a guy with a, a lot of snaps at Michigan State, heading out, and then four recruits coming in, four of the best recruits in this whole class for Michigan State, all in the same position group, uh, in an already kind of packed position group: Malik Spencer, Malcolm Jones, and then two four-star kids, Jaden Mangum and Dylan Tatum who are both you know, listed as athletes. I think they're going to be playing on the defensive side of the ball and safety is their best fit. So now you're looking at a room with Xavier Henderson coming back for another year. Angelo Gross still has three years of eligibility. Darius Snow still has three years of eligibility. You bring in these freshmen from last year's class. You have AJ Kirk still there. Like This is a deep group where at safety with this kind of 4-2-5 blend, you can get three of these guys on the field at the same time. We saw that a lot last year with Xavier Henderson, Angelo Gross, and Darius Snow. And, you know, one really interesting thing while I, I got to pull this up, but there was something uh, Stephen Brooks was talking about on a, on a message board. You know, it's, it's nothing, you know, written in stone at this point, but there was a, a kind of discussion point of could... Xavier Henderson, like, is is Xavier Henderson fit for a free safety role? You know, could he move back up there and have uh, have Gross move back closer to the line of scrimmage where he played a lot better, I think, uh, earlier in his career? Um, 
I think that's that's a really interesting kind of situation that how do you get these three guys, Xavier Henderson, Angelo Gross, Darius Snow, on the field at the same time when I think they all are a very similar players. They all are at their best when they're close to the box, when they're close to the line of scrimmage, and they can fly around and, and make plays uh, you know, shallow instead of being that deep coverage guy that I don't think any of the three really project as their best spot. So you want to get your best players on the field, but you want to put them in spots where they're, they can succeed. And it's, it's really tough because it's three guys who I think are excellent, strong safety nickel type guys, but none of them have that single deep safety skill set. And I think Jaden Manga might, and that's why I think he's he's somebody to keep an eye on here, especially especially in 2023, but even in 2022, um, I think he's got that kind of speed and range. But I think that's one of the biggest storylines on the defense is how do you get these three guys, Xavier Henderson, Angelo Gross, and Darius Snow, on the field working together in the best fit for the team? Yeah, we saw in the Peach Bowl a little bit of a shakeup at the safety position. Um, we saw Gross, uh, I think was down by the line. Darius Snow was in the box and Xavier Henderson was playing over the top, which most of the season Gross was over the top. Henderson was in the boxes. Snow was in, um, the slot kind of that extra DB position. Uh, yeah, this is a tough group. I mean, I don't have too much to say beyond what you already said. It's going to be something to watch throughout the spring. And I think Dylan Tatum and Jaden Mangum are guys that you also need to figure out how to get on the field, whether that's in the return game. Dylan Tatum played some offense, so maybe you put him in and run some end arounds or something with him, get get the ball in his hands. Um, it's a deep group. And there's some guys behind those five that also show some definite potential so do you see transfer this offseason after spring ball from this position i think that's a real possibility um it's going to be a fun position to watch it's a good problem to have when you have too much talent um and uh, obviously that bodes well for the results but yeah i mean these are all guys that personally selfishly i want to see them play because they're some of the most exciting players i think we've had our eyes on for a long time and uh, and we just want to see what they're made of so uh, you can only have so many guys on the field at a time, but it's going to be a fun group to watch. And certainly we're set up for a very strong future. You look at even after this season, you know, barring any transfers, Xavier Henderson's out, but you've still got Gross, Snow, Mangum, Tatum, and, and a group behind them who are all coming back with multiple years of eligibility. Uh, so it's it's going to be a deep group for years to come, which is really exciting. Um, and I mean, Let's uh let's not overlook the fact that they were also part of the secondary last season that struggled a bit. So hopefully we'll see some definite improvements in in team play as well as this season wears on. Right. And that's where the question comes down to like you have three guys again who like in a vacuum are all really talented, but again, like like you said, the team performance didn't match that. So how how do you maneuver this? to get the best three in the best spots for the defense, right? Not for their individual talent. And that, that'll be interesting to follow. Uh, last but not least, we have to go through the specialists as well. Something I'm very excited to talk about, but I know, listen, I, I know it's not the most exciting thing for most people to hear. So Matt Coughlin out the door, finally, after like 12 years at, at East, uh, at, at Michigan state and East Lansing, 
you know, he has he has taken his laps around the bar scene here for a few years now. So uh, well-deserved graduation and, and heading out is Matt Coughlin as well as Cody Waddle, backup punter. Incoming is a three-star recruit, uh, one of the top kicking recruits in the country, Jack Stone, who is looking to compete for that kicking spot from day one as he walks onto campus. So now you're looking at Jack Stone uh, at kicker, as well as Steven Rusneck and Evan Johnson, who we were unfortunate enough to watch uh, last year. And the the other big news is the the punter, Bryce Berenger, is coming back for another year. So we got another year of Behringer, which uh, you know kind of secures that punting spot for another year, which is is really key. And then uh, you've got a, a question mark at kicker. Your long snapper is back as well. Hank Pepper, who started all the games last year and has three more years of eligibility. So, you know, is Jack Stone going to be locked in as a true freshman kicker? Is that a big spot for him? You know, how does he handle that mentally? I think he's the most talented of the three guys. Look, we we saw Russ Neck and Evan Johnson last year. I don't want to talk down on a kid, but they weren't it. They're not the answer at kicker for a team that's looking to compete for Big Ten titles. Uh, that's that's not those are two kickers you're not comfortable putting into a fourth quarter 45 yarder to tie or win a game so hopefully jack stone can be that he's got all the leg talent that you look for uh but kicking is a mental game as we all know so um again the the punter spot is secure for another year there's really nothing behind him knock on wood and uh and and we'll see what happens with this kicker spot moving forward yeah, I, I think watching Jack Stone, I mean, it's kicker tape, so take it with a grain of salt. But watching his his tape, I mean, he's got the leg for it, right? And we've talked about this in terms of like a golfer. Um, physically, you know, he has the swing, if you will. But does he have kind of the uh, the right mindset between the ears to to succeed under pressure as a true freshman? That's a big spot. That's a lonely position sometimes. And, uh, and we'll have to, <coughs> excuse me, wait and see what he's made of, but I think we definitely could use it. You mentioned Russ Neck and Johnson both had some really rough stretches this past season when Coughlin was hurt and, uh, and we're going to need it. So hopefully Jack Stone is uh, what he looks like and we'll have another kicker for four years to come. Yeah. And we'll, you know, as, as we kind of turn our eyes to the 2023 recruiting class, definitely expect to see a punter in there because again, Bryce Berenger is the only punter on the roster right now. And he is in his last year of eligibility. So um, portal, recruiting, whatever it might be, definitely expect to see another punter coming in here this offseason. But there we go. So we have reset the whole roster now in the last two episodes. I really hope this is as productive for you guys as it was for us, even just to kind of reset our, our mind as we kind of kick this thing into 2022 and move, you know, we're, we're turning the page here and 2021 season is now behind us. These guys are not no longer in the building as workouts are kind of getting going here. You know, the, the Kenneth Walkers, the Jalen Naylors, you know, these guys are, are their Michigan state careers are finished and these incoming transfers, a lot of them are in the building. These incoming recruits, a lot of them have enrolled early and, and, you know, the, the team has turned the page, so so will we here. 
Um, like I said, the spring practices that are coming up, we're going to move to twice a week and we will deep dive each position group. So we'll have a whole episode just talking quarterbacks. We'll have a whole episode just talking running backs and, and so on and so on. Uh, the next couple weeks here, we have a lot of ideas. So stay tuned with us. Make sure you are subscribed. If you are listening on Spotify and you haven't yet, it's very simple to give us a five-star review. We would much, much appreciate that. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts and you haven't done so yet, again, we would really appreciate uh, a five-star review. And if if you want to write your own review, ask a question in there. We'll we'll be happy to hit it um, on the next episode. If you just want to leave a comment too, that would be awesome. We know how many people listen and we know how many reviews there are. And, uh, you know, I don't want to call anybody out here, but I know there are a lot of you listening who haven't done that. I, I promise it doesn't take more than 30 seconds of your time. And if you like the show, it's an easy way to support us. It, it really does help. So we would appreciate that. Follow on Twitter. The links are in the notes for the episode. Follow the Facebook group. It's the Standing Room Spartans community. As the offseason goes, we want to do more and more with that. And uh, there's going to be some news uh, from the from the account here coming in the next couple weeks about some contests, about some other offseason stuff that we're doing. So make sure you are staying with us all season long, all year long, I guess. The, the season's over, but we are not. So anything else, Scott, before we get out of here? Congratulations, Brian Allen, Super Bowl champion. We didn't mention that at the That's top. That's right. Um, but he played starting center for the Rams, uh, kind of an overlooked very productive um, NFL starter coming out of Michigan State, and uh, he's now also a Super Bowl champion. So Brian Allen, a name that uh, we probably haven't talked about too much in the last couple of years, <laughs> but um, great to see our Spartans getting rings. Also had, I think, Trey Waynes and Joe Bocci on the other sideline. Um, so, yeah, congratulations, Brian Allen. Yeah, Brian, I feel like he's been I think he's been a starter there for like four years now. He's he's had a really good career there with the with the Rams. Uh, great to have he's gonna have a Super Bowl ring, which is awesome. So yeah, let's let's get out of here. Hopefully everybody's uh you know, Super Bowl Monday isn't as terrible as it is a lot of years. Hopefully the hangover isn't too bad. Hopefully the work is you got a light load today. And uh, if you're listening today and and hopefully The week goes just as well, and we will talk to you next week. Until then, go green, go white. Take care, folks.